morning, good morning, good morning, church family. We want to welcome you to church online this morning. Welcome you from wherever you're watching, from all your homes this morning. I love to say during this time that uh, the church isn't shut down during this time. We've just opened up campuses all over the city, the state, uh, really the world. Uh, and I don't exaggerate when I say that. We actually received a Facebook message a few weeks ago from uh, someone in the Philippines who was actually sharing with us how blessed they were to join in with us uh, for service and by the sermon that Pastor Ben preached. Uh, and so I just want to say a big shout out to all of our uh, tech team who really makes this possible. And uh, normally at church, I would say put your hands together for them. Uh, but since we're at church online, if you could uh, show them some love in the chats on Facebook Live and Victory Live when they're watching uh, now or later, they could see how much we appreciate them. And so just thank you guys for all that you do making a uh, meeting like this possible. It's, uh, it's incredible that we have this opportunity in this time. And uh, also, while we're uh, showing our appreciation, uh, can't go without saying how much we appreciate all those who are on the front lines right now, all our healthcare workers, even the ones in our own uh, church family, the nurses and uh, doctors and paramedics and all the healthcare workers who are really out there risking their lives. You know, we're, we're doing our part uh, by social distancing and quarantining and everything like that, but when they're doing their part, they're really risking their lives, putting everything on the line and uh, it's amazing. And so we just want to say a big thank you uh, to all of those. We appreciate you. Show them some love as well in the chats on Facebook Live and Victory Live. We're proud of each and every one of you. Thank you guys so much, so much for all that you're doing during this time. And uh, while we're in the middle of this quarantine, uh, as you've heard it said over and over and over again uh, from pretty much every everyone who has a voice during this time, this quarantine is un. Precedented. It's unprecedented, and it's affecting all of us in many, many different ways. And uh, I wanted to share with us a, a kind of a lighthearted look at how the quarantine is affecting some people uh, from all over the world. And so this first picture I want to show you is somebody who said uh, the experts recommend uh, keeping your daily routine. Have you heard that? Even when you're not working from home, uh, this first guy is uh, catching the subway or the bus in his bathroom. Uh, you know, he's even got the iPod. I mean, the, uh, the ear pods in and everything. He's, he's keeping his daily routine. I love that. Uh, the, the second guy that I want to show is uh, he's, he's, he's obviously not at work, but he misses work. Uh, he's, I don't know if you could see it as well on the stream. He's got his work boots. He's got his hard hat. He's even got gloves and the vest. He's, he's just going to town with those Tonka toys. It's just fantastic. And the last one, my absolute favorite, I give you everyone the Amazon monster. Um, if that doesn't haunt your dreams, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we don't see the face, so it really could be any one of you guys. Maybe maybe it was Pastor Ben under there. I don't know. Uh, um, well, maybe I should have said that. He won't uh, ask me to do this again. But uh, like I said, the quarantine is affecting all of us in many different ways. Uh, I personally uh, took, uh, at the beginning of the quarantine, I took a Nerf dart to the eyeball at point-blank range, and I know what you're thinking. No, it wasn't Jennifer. Um, I'll keep it anonymous. You hear that, Ryland? I'm not going to mention that it was you. Uh, but anyways, I want to uh, talk to everybody today about this idea called the intermission. The intermission. Turn to somebody next to you in your homes this morning and say, the intermission. And uh, during this time of quarantine and everything, people are watching uh, a lot. They're watching uh, more Netflix, they're watching more Disney Plus and everything like that than is uh, normally normal. 
And uh, my family and I actually ourselves, we were watching The Sound of Music a few weeks ago, and I was just reminded of this feature of the intermission that was in some older movies and in some plays. And for those of you guys who grew up on Netflix and the internet and all those kind of things, and you have no idea what the intermission is, the intermission was this pause or a break that was in the middle of a play or a movie, and usually it would last about 10 minutes or so. It was right smack dab in the middle of the action. And they, everyone, it was a break for them to just get up and go to the bathroom, get some snacks, things like that. And it was the intermission. And honestly, when we were watching it, I was, I was caught off guard by the intermission because it had been so long since I'd seen a movie or something that had an intermission in it. And I was like, wow, what, what is this? You know, I just, and, and, and the, the music is just playing. There's nothing happening on the screen. There's just no action. And you're just sitting there waiting for the rest of the, the story. You're just sitting there waiting, sitting there waiting, sitting there waiting. And as we were sitting there waiting for the intermission to end, I just realized it kind of hit me in the middle of that moment that the whole world right now is kind of in the middle of an intermission. The whole world, all of us right now, we're in the middle of an intermission. Even if, you know, you're, you're not fully quarantining, even if you're, uh, you know, you're still working a whole lot from home, even if you're uh, out there on the front lines, I think we can all say that the normal way of life has definitely been put on pause. The normal way of doing things has been put on pauses. It's kind of taking a break right now. And it's really amazing how uh, I think we're all realizing right now that your entire world can change in an instant. Your entire lifestyle can change in an instant. Your entire way of doing things can change just like that. But can I encourage you something in something today, church family? And that is some things never change. Some things never change. Specifically, if you look to the book of Hebrews, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, Jesus Christ, that, what that means to us is that while everything around us can be changing, everything around us can be shifting, everything around us looks different, Jesus Christ is the same today. He's just as powerful today as he was before the quarantine. His love, his forgiveness, his power, his mercy, it all stands unchanged and just as strong as it was before this virus came about. He is still on his throne. He was on his throne before the virus. He'll be on his throne long after the virus is gone. He is on his throne. Really what this intermission, this quarantine, this, this pause of life as normal, what this intermission really is, to me, has really been a reminder to all of us how fragile life on this earth really truly is. How fragile the way of doing things really, truly is. Because we all see now that it only takes 24 hours. It only takes one day. It only takes one government decree. It only takes one cell of a virus dropping into somebody's soup halfway across the world for all of us to be plopped into a new lifestyle that we didn't sign up for. Any of the parents who have never homeschooled before said that in the past few weeks. I didn't sign up for this, right? This, we're all, in one instant, everything can change. In one instant, everything can change. But can I tell you something? God wasn't surprised by this pandemic. God wasn't surprised by a worldwide pandemic. He's not up there in heaven like, what, somebody let COVID-19 loose? What happened? He's not surprised by it. 
In fact, God's not quarantined. God is not separated from us in this time. He's not on pause. He's not on break. He's still working. He's still saving lives. He's still moving. And you might be asking, even during a quarantine, even during a time like this, even during this pause, even during this break, even during this intermission, even when the way of normal things has just stopped completely, God's still working in the middle of that. Today, what I want to remind all of us, I want to remind all of us how our God works in powerful ways during the intermission. Our God works in powerful ways during those times of pause, during those times of waiting. Our God works in powerful ways during those times. I think one of the big reasons why so many of us are uncomfortable during this quarantine is that we're in a forced state of waiting. And man, do we hate waiting in 2020. We absolutely hate waiting. And now we're forced to wait. And we're forced to wait for big things. Before the quarantine, when we had to wait for small things like a Big Mac or something like that, if you had to wait 10 minutes for your fast food, you were on Google reviews blasting them how long it took them. How many of y'all would just, what would you do to wait 10 minutes for some fast food right now? Some of the lines, y'all are waiting like 45 minutes just to get a Big Mac, you know? But now we're forced to wait, and we're forced to wait for the big things, the big things in life. We're forced to wait. We're asking, how long do I have to wait for the country to open back up? How long do I have to wait? To go to, you know, my favorite restaurant again with my spouse. How long do I have to wait before I can go back to work? How long do I have to wait till I can send these children back to school, everybody? Get an amen in the chat this morning, right? But even though we're uncomfortable with waiting, even though we don't always like it, even though we're uncomfortable in these times of intermission, when we look to God's word, we see that there's example after example after example after example of people going through a waiting season, going through an intermission, going through a time where their normal is put on pause, going through an intermission, very similar to the time that we're going through right now. Many times they were confined to their home, like so many of us are right now, many a time, some, one time they were, he was confined to a big boat filled with animals. Even sometimes they're confined to a prison cell. And the reality is, is that God used those people that were in the middle of an intermission. God used those people. And not only that, he used the intermission. He used the waiting period. He used that special, different, difficult season in their lives as a time of preparation, as a time of growth, and as a time of empowerment. I want to say it this way to everybody. The intermission is an opportunity. The intermission is an opportunity. What if, what if, instead of us viewing this just as an intermission, as this thing that's come in and put the normal way of doing things on break, that's just taking all the action and making us just wait for things to go back to normal. What if instead of us viewing this as an intermission, we really saw this as a time, as an opportunity for us to enter into God's mission for our lives fresh and new? 
It's not just an intermission. It's an opportunity for us to enter into God's mission for our lives fresh and new. I had a few thoughts I wanted to share with you guys from God's word about the intermission. And the first one is this. Number one is this, is that the intermission is for preparation. When we look to God's word and we see the examples there, the intermission is for preparation. I heard it said this way by a pastor recently, that's a waiting time doesn't have to be a wasted time. A waiting time doesn't have to be a wasted time. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says this, but they who wait for the Lord, who wait, who wait, who wait for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love this scripture. I've always loved this scripture. And I think all church people in general just love this verse. They love this promise from God's word. I think it's probably in the top five crocheted verses of all times or knitted verses. If you grew up in church, you probably received a ceramic eagle with this verse on it for a birthday present or a graduation present or something like that. If you did, please put it in the chat so everybody can know. Uh, but it's, it's popular. It's a big thing. And we look at, and if you're anything like me, before this week studying this verse, I really looked at this verse as God saying, you know, when you're tired, I'll make you feel better. And that's why I love the verse so much, because I thought it just meant when you get tired, when I get tired, God's going to make me feel better. You know, and it does say that, but that's not the full picture of it. And when I looked at it this, more, uh, this week, I saw the full picture of it. It says that when we wait on the Lord, he's not just going to make us feel better. It says when we wait on the Lord, all these words, all these things that it says he's going to do for us, it's not just making us feel better, it's to empower us for action. All these things that God wants to do for us when we're waiting for him in these intermission times, in these waiting periods, is he wants to empower us and prepare us for action. I believe this morning, I want to declare it over every single person who's listening and joining in with us this morning, that God wants to empower you for something great. I believe in this intermission time that he's preparing you for something great this morning. Because if you look at all the things that God promises, when we wait on him, don't let this intermission just be a time of waiting, but let's focus in on him. And when we wait, not just wait, but wait on him, look at what it says he'll do. He'll renew their strength, mount them up with wings like eagles. If God gives a bird wings it so it can fly somewhere new. I'm looking at you penguins, okay? Penguins, they swim. He gives them wings to swim to someplace new, right? But if God gives you strength, it's so you can keep fighting the good fight. If God gives you strength, gives you wings, it's not so we can just prop up our feet on a spiritual lazy boy and just rest on our laurels of, oh, I've done all these things already. If he renews your strength, it's so you can keep fighting. If he renews your strength, it's so you can fight to break spiritual strongholds that the devil's had on you for too long. The intermission is a time for empowerment. The, the intermission is a time where God wants to prepare you for something great. So you can keep fighting. So you can keep flying. So you can keep running. So you can keep walking in the right direction. That's what the intermission is for. Use this intermission. We've got to use this intermission. Not just as a time to wait, but as a time to wait on God. 
And I'm believing he's going to use this time to prepare you for something great. We look to our Lord. We look to Jesus and we look to his example. Before he began his earthly ministry, he had a time of waiting. He had a time of intermission. He had a time where he quarantined himself in the desert for 40 days. For 40 days of prayer and fasting. I'm going to say it again. 40 days of prayer and fasting. All you who've been eating your quarantine snacks a little bit too much, take some notes. Prayer and fasting, okay? (laughs) But when Jesus came out of that intermission, it was 40 days where he set himself aside from everybody else for 40 days of just waiting on God, seeking him. When he came out of that intermission, it's when he took the world by storm. He began his earthly ministry. He, the, the blind eyes began to see when he came out of his intermission. The lame began to walk when he came out of his intermission. He began to preach the good news to the poor and to the sick when he came out of his intermission. If Jesus saw the importance of the intermission for preparation, so should we. We've got to see this time not just as an obstacle, but as an opportunity for growth spiritually. We've got to see this intermission for what it is. It's an opportunity to all of us. The second thing is this, is the intermission is for communication. The intermission is for communication. And when I say that specifically, I'm talking about our relationships. I'm talking about our relationships. What we have, and really when I say that, I mean the intermission is a great time to communicate what's truly important to the people in our lives who are truly important. The intermission is a great time for communication. If we look to the example of the Apostle Paul, one of these times in the Bible uh, of intermission and quarantine, things like that, the Apostle Paul was in prison in Rome. He was actually under house arrest, under uh, constant watch by Roman soldiers for two years. For two years, his intermission lasted. Somebody say, please, Jesus, no for us right now. But his intermission lasted for two years where he was under house arrest. And in that time, this is at the end of Paul's life. It would have been really easy and really understandable for all of us if Paul would have just kicked up his feet and said, you know what? I've already planted churches all over the world. I've already raised up leaders. I've already preached the gospel everywhere. I've already done all these things. I've already seen miracles happen. I've done all these things. God must be using this intermission as a time for me to just stop. I just don't do anything. I just need to stop. And that's not what Paul did. In his intermission, in those two years, when he was under house arrest, and he very well could have just kicked up his feet and just coasted to the end of his life, it's actually believed that Paul wrote at least four books of the Bible when he was in his intermission. He communicated to those who were important what was truly important. Paul set the bar high, everybody. In his intermission, he wrote literally parts of the Bible, okay? So get to writing. No, but, uh, but when Paul was in his intermission, he wrote those books. But when, when we say he wrote a book, it's not like people write books today. We say he wrote a book of the Bible. He wasn't writing a book for publication, He wasn't writing a book to get on the New York Times bestsellers list. He wasn't, that's not what he was doing. He wasn't seeking fame. He wasn't doing anything like that. What Paul was doing, we call them books of the Bible, but what it really was, was it was a letter that he wrote to people that were near and dear to him. 
He wrote it to churches, it said, but he wrote it to the leaders of those churches. He wrote it to people that he had lived with. He wrote it to people he had broke bread with. He, he wrote it to people that he had shared life with, that he had lived with, he had worked with, he had rubbed shoulders with, that he had helped, that he had supported, that had helped him and supported him. He wrote it to his friends. He wrote it to people he considered his brothers and sisters. He wrote it to people that were truly important to him and in his time of intermission, he used it as a time to communicate what was truly important. He used it as a time. If you look to these scriptures, you look to these books that he wrote, these letters to the people that were important to him, he wrote letters that were encouraging. He encouraged them. He used these opportunities to lead them, to guide them, to correct them, but in all things, to point them to the risen Savior, Jesus. He uses intermission as a time for communication, to communicate to the people who were truly important to him what was truly important. One of the last things he did on earth, like I said, so one of the last things that he did on earth was communicate to these people what was truly important. Because at the end of those two years, he went on trial and he was executed for preaching the gospel. Paul used the intermission to communicate what was important. And one of those letters that he wrote was what we call the book of Colossians. But it was a letter to the church in Colossae. And in chapter 3, this is one of the things that Paul wrote during his intermission about communication, about what is important that I think we could all benefit from. And look at what Paul says about what's important. He says, let the message about Christ, and I love this, in all its richness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives in this message. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. He's saying to all of us today in the middle of our intermission, you've got to let this message fill your lives. You've got to let this message fill your homes. You've got to let this message fill your conversations. You've got to let this message fill your leading, fill your teaching, fill your guidance, fill your counsel. You've got to let worship fill up your homes in this time. You've got to let the message of God fill up your lives in the middle of this time. Your communication has got to be filled with God's word. And I love it because it's not something new that Paul's saying. This is echoing what was said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the beginning of the story with the Israelites. It says, in these words that I command you today, as God speaking, these words, this message, they shall be on your heart. They shall be filling up your life. You shall teach them to your children diligently. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. I love how the new quarantine version says it. When you sit in your house, when you sit in your house, when you sit in your house, and when you sit in your house. That's a preacher joke. That's not funny. Uh, but on that note, I do want to say this. The quarantine is not going to last forever. This intermission is not going to last forever. I know some of you guys are like, please tell me that's the truth. I know it feels like it for some of us, but the quarantine is not going to last forever. But I do want to encourage you in this. The words that we speak to our kids, to our family, to our friends, to our loved ones during this time has the potential to make an eternal impact. While the quarantine may not last forever, 
you have an opportunity to commute something, communicate something of eternal value to the people who are truly important to you. Use this time. Use this opportunity. Families, fathers specifically, I want to challenge you. If you don't already, now is the perfect time to start your new family tradition of daily time in God's word together. Doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be an hour-long sermon. I just if, if you want something practical, open up to the book of John and read it for 5, 10, 15 minutes a day to your family. Read it at lunchtime. Read it at dinner. Just do what the Bible says. Do it when you sit down. Think about it when, when you sit down, when you rise up, when you're walking around the house, when you're lying down. When, just think about Try and find an opportunity every day to fill up your home with the power of God's word. In my memory, this, we have a, a unique opportunity right now like no other. Where even if you are still working, that you, maybe, not, maybe you don't have the commute anymore. Maybe you don't have all the time to get ready because you only have to put on a dress shirt, right? <laughs> we have this unique opportunity right now, this intermission to fill up our lives, to fill up our homes, to fill up our children, to fill up our family, to fill up our friends' lives with the goodness and the hope and the joy and the peace of the message of Christ in all its richness. We've got to use the intermission. We've got to use the intermission. And my last thought about the intermission this morning is this. The intermission points to the resolution. The intermission points to the resolution. Now the enemy that we're facing today, the enemy that we're facing right now, we, you can't, we can't see it, but we can see its effects. It's a virus, but it's very real. Our healthcare workers are saying that they've never seen a situation like this before, never seen it attack something like it does. And our hearts and our prayers, our thoughts, everything that we have is with those, all those who are affected. We as a church specifically, we're, we're doing everything that we can within our reach. I uh, just want to say how much we appreciate all the dream teamers who are serving on the coronavirus outreach team daily, doing everything we can as a church to, to meet the needs that are within our reach and at the same time praying that God's going to meet the needs and believing and seeing he's doing healing works. He's doing amazing things and he's going to bring this virus to an end. I've heard it said this way. In the middle of this time, we as the church, we don't have the cure. The virus is real. It's ravaging. It's, it's devastating. And we don't have the cure, but we have the answer. We don't have the cure, but we have the answer. And his name is Jesus. He's the answer to every problem that the human heart can face. We don't have the cure, but we have the answer. Why, why did God allow this virus? It's a question so many people are asking right now. I ask myself as well. Why does God allow things like this? Or similar situations. Why did God allow the 2016 flood that destroyed my home? Why does God allow hurricanes? Why does God allow all these things to happen? And on this side of eternity, I'm going to be completely honest to you. I don't know. I don't know the reason why God does, why God allows, why God moves in the way that he does. I don't know why God allows things like this to happen, but I can tell you with all assuredness right now, what I do know is that our God is good. That his word promises that he's an ever-present help in times of trouble. We don't know why 
certain things happen and why certain things don't happen, but we do know that our God is good. And I can say from my own experiences in my own life that it's in the darkest moments that the light of God's goodness and the light of his love shines the brightest. It sounds cliche, but I can think back to the 2016 flood where we lost everything. We're on the, the, literally on the back of some Good Samaritan's pickup truck driving away from everything that is ruined. Every, all our earthly goods, our family riding on the back of a pickup truck away from everything we've ever known and just realizing, experiencing, peace of God which passes all understanding. Seeing miracle after miracle happen in those times, we can look back to God's faithfulness. He was faithful then. He'll he'll be faithful today. He'll be faithful tomorrow. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just as good as he was 2,000 years ago, he's just as good today. Our God is good. See, in all those plays and movies, where there was an intermission. The first half was always filled with conflict. It was always setting up the problem. There was all all the strife and all the struggle. And I realized this morning, I had this thought that the author was never surprised or caught off guard by the intermission. The author who wrote the play or wrote the movie was never in the crowd shouting at the screen when the intermission came up. No! They were... They were just starting to fall in love, you know. (laughs) Why an intermission right now? Things were just starting to maybe work out. Maybe some of us in the middle of this intermission right now, why business was just starting to pick back up. I was just starting to see my kid having breakthrough in this area at school. I was just starting to see that why an intermission right now? But the author was never surprised or caught off guard by the intermission because they had already written the resolution. The author had already written the resolution. And all these problems that this situation is presenting before us, that we're facing right now, that you may be facing at this very moment, they're real. I don't say they're not real. We know that they're real. But I can promise you that you don't need to stress and worry about the problems that are caused by this virus. Because God, the author of all, the author of time itself, has already written the resolution to this problem. God, the author of all, holds the resolution. I've heard it said this way, the greater the conflict, the greater the resolution. And how great a problem and a struggle we're going through right now, but how great the deliverance that God is going to bring through it. And in all this, the reality is that there's a greater conflict than this pandemic. There's a conflict and a struggle and a problem that's even bigger than this virus, than this worldwide pandemic. And the Bible says this conflict, this greater, greatest conflict is something that we all carry around within us. I carried around within me before. Every member of this church has carried it around in them before. And that's the conflict between you and God. 
The Bible calls it sin. You may have seen it in a prideful attitude or in lying or this or that. Call it what you will, but it's living a life where we set ourselves against the God who created the universe and created us. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. We've all struggled with God. We've all set ourselves up as enemies against God is the wording that the Bible uses. But can I tell you something? While I was an enemy to God, while you were an enemy to God, he had already written the resolution. The Bible says while we were enemies, Christ died for us. You see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross for you, and he paid the price for the resolution. He paid the price for your forgiveness. You see, we carry around this conflict. We carry around this sin. We carry around this pride. But the reality is, is you've already been forgiven. He's already forgiven you. He's already accepted you. And he stands at the door with arms wide open right now, inviting you in to a relationship with him. Look at what the Bible says about Jesus. It says, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author. In your homes this morning, say it to somebody. Say, he's the author. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. These three words, endured the cross. There are scientists that say that the cross was the most barbaric, most torturous way of execution ever to come across the face of the earth. And it was for the joy set before him that he endured the pain, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, but now he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the author, and his resolution that he's already written is that you would come into relationship with him. You may have heard it from before that God's mad at you. You may have heard it before that you have to obey all his commands and be squeaky clean before he can let you into heaven. I'm going to tell you something. It was while we were enemies that Christ died for us. The Bible says it was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. Do you know what that joy was? It says the joy was set before him. Do you know what that joy was? The whole reason, his motivation for getting through the cross and getting through the pain and getting through the shame, the joy, what was the joy? The joy was being in relationship with you, relationship with me. The joy that was set before him, that he set before his mind as he was enduring the cross, paying for our resolution, paying for our forgiveness, the joy was being in a relationship with you. The joy of setting you free from addiction. The joy of seeing you free from your past life and seeing you walking in new life. That was the joy that was set before Jesus. The whole reason he bought our resolution, that he paid for it with his own blood. You see, we're looking forward to the resolution of this quarantine, but the greatest resolution is not going to come from the end of this pandemic. The greatest resolution is going to come when you end your spiritual quarantine from God. The Bible promises us that we draw near, when we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. 
If you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you just feel God in the room with you wherever you are and you feel that tug, it's not just emotions, it's the Holy Spirit of God drawing you in, standing at the door, pleading that you would come into relationship with him. He's paid for your resolution. If you want to accept his forgiveness and enter into that relationship with him, it's very simple. It's just yielding your life to him, surrendering to him finally. And to do that, I ask that you would just pray this simple prayer with me. Wherever you're at, in your homes, God is with you right now. If you want to pray that prayer, I would ask that you would just bow your head and close your eyes to focus in on his goodness and repeat these words after me. Say, dear God, I thank you for loving me even while I was an enemy. I thank you, God, for loving me even while I was a sinner. And I thank you for purchasing my resolution. I thank you for buying my forgiveness. I thank you for forgiving me, for accepting me, and for inviting me into relationship with you. God, I leave my old way of sin behind me and I accept your relationship. I accept your forgiveness. I commit my life to you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you raised again so I could have new life too. God, I give my life to you fresh and new this morning. I thank you that I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Wherever you're at this morning, say amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, we want to tell you we are so incredibly proud of you. that You cannot make a better decision in your life. It was the best decision I ever made as well. But if you did pray that prayer, we ask one simple thing from you. If you wouldn't mind, go to victoryharvest.com slash connect. And you can fill in as little or as much information as you want. There's a no hassle. We're not going to do anything weird. We really just want to celebrate with you in this time. We want to, we're so proud of you. We want to celebrate with you and, and point some next steps to you spiritually so you can continue to grow in this walk that God has called you to. We love each and every one of you. We're so uh, proud of all of you guys who prayed. Thank you so much for joining in with us for Church Online. Don't forget to stick around for the Victory Kids service that will be following up right after. God bless you guys. Thank you all for joining in, and we'll see you next week.